0: This episode contains depictions of violence that some people may find triggering.
1: Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself.
0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Prevention Nation,
1: where we believe education and awareness can change the culture of violence. My name is Roy Lutz, and I'm Caitlin Lidenfield.
0: Welcome back to Prevention Nation, it's Roy here with Caitlin, and uh, so Caitlin... What's on the agenda for today?
1: Well, there's been a docu-series that's been kind of making a buzz all over our office. Mm-hmm. Did it start last Friday?
0: Um, what did say? Thursday? Yeah, yeah, I think it did start last Friday because I was going to shoot for it over the weekend, but didn't...
1: Yeah, so yeah. last Friday, everybody was, like, freaking out over this docu-series mm-hmm. that Netflix released. And it's very specific to the work that we do. So, yeah. what's it called?
0: American Nightmare. Yeah, so American Nightmare... Um, about the 2015 uh, kidnapping of Denise Huskins um, and not just kidnapping but allegations or reports of sexual assault mm-hmm. rape um, things of that nature um, yeah absolutely relevant to our work so yeah what um, yeah we want to be careful and, and we are you know this this podcast is going to have a little bit of a um, you know a warning at the beginning of it because I think we're talking about a sensitive subject that impacts a lot of people and we're going to talk about a couple key points I think uh, from the from the docuseries without, um, I think, our goal, as we've discussed, so our listeners knows, where we want to be very intentional about this is to not create any um, liability or culpability in blaming or getting into the the Reddit sub-narratives. Um,
1: I think we both dove pretty deep after watching the docuseries. I don't know how docuseries. you can do that, right? Because but. they didn't say certain things explicitly in the docu-series, but it was just enough to be like, okay, I have to look this up now and see if there was a connection of right. this, and of course, everybody on Reddit picked it up too, mm-hmm. but that's just not what this is about today. So Yeah, we, we what def- is
0: this about?
1: The fact that people don't believe victims.
0: Right, yeah, so I think that's what we're going to explore today a little bit about why don't people believe victims, what's the impact of not believing, and then kind of related to that story, the Denise Huskins story. So. Um, I'm just gonna throw it out since we're um, since we're talking about believing victims, uh, that being our topic. One of the things, if you see this show, and yeah, and that's also we don't want to throw out like spoilers. I think, yes yeah. but uh, which might happen.
1: Maybe this is a spoiler alert right for now. Us, if you right haven't watched American Nightmare, yeah, this is not the podcast for it. you.
0: Yeah, listen to it tomorrow after you finish it. Um, what a um totally seemingly unbelievable story they had though right
1: yes because Listen. we were driving to columbus for the ohio adult allies conference when everybody was blowing up the group chat right about this and i looked up the story and read it to you and we were both like what like yeah but who did it and we were both so confused and i didn't fully understand what they were like people were talking about until i actually watched it myself
0: me too Yeah, absolutely so then my question to you is <clears throat> Considering the nature of what that story was, the details of that story, and again, a little bit of spoilers here, wetsuits, goggles, lasers, they know by name. Like, if you were if you were a police officer, would you believe this story? Would, you, would it be easy to believe this story? It
1: wouldn't be easy to believe, but I would like to think that I'm, as an officer of the law, if a person is missing, or somebody has said that something has happened to you, whether you believe them or not, it is your job to figure it out.
0: Yeah, which to me is my next point about that believability and the plausibility of their, their story. Um, she was only gone for two days. In that time, in that time, you've determined that people are liars and it's a hoax. And not only did you not believe my story, but you did no put real no effort into believing my story to
1: disprove it well and they forced her to make a second statement before she was allowed to get a sexual assault exam done
0: yeah i mean this isn't this isn't just not believing somebody's story but this is concerning how quickly you opted not to believe somebody's story and and what in the trials you put people through Mm -hmm. in not believing their story one of which is while you know while a person is missing, obviously look at and investigate those closest to that person. Yeah. <clears throat> but but with, it, yeah, go ahead.
1: It comes down to you can't always assume that it's the boyfriend or the husband. Right. Well I know like statistically we do see that often. That's not always the case. And especially when let's talk about the distress in the videos that you saw. Aaron? Aaron Yeah. yeah. Aaron was in such distress. Yeah. In these videos. And I guess you could say, like, oh, he's in distress because he hurt her, maybe he killed her, but that was a person that was panicked, and you can always tell when somebody feels like they're going crazy because people aren't believing them, and that's what watching it looked like. Like, this man wants people to believe him, and he's telling the truth, and nobody's listening.
0: Right, and again, that factors into me. This was two days. Like, is two days a sufficient time to... I, if I'm going to report a crime, if I'm going to report something, is two days sufficient time to have determined that I must be lying? I just don't feel like two days. Mm-hmm. Like, what have you done to investigate my report to then determine, no, there's some serious holes in your report? There was no holes in his. Especially, was, yeah, especially
1: was, when he says, um, they, the person said that they were going to call me and that then they would give me instructions right and what did they do turn his phone off turn his phone off but if you trace the cause the calls were traceable they went to where right where she was be, at she what, she was what within a couple
0: of hundred feet uh, of where she was at
1: yeah within 200 feet of the location where she was in was it south lake tahoe
0: mm-hmm yeah. yeah so not only and i guess that's my point when we talk about believability of victims are are we looking at and i don't mean this to be an attack on police departments because it's not we love our law enforcement partners and friends it was just in this situation, it was them, uh not believing this one particular police department. Yeah. Um now in in our world of working around issues of domestic violence, intimate partner violence, sexual assault, and rape, we know that it's not just law enforcement agencies aren't there, aren't the only culprits. Um in this case we saw her friends didn't believe her. Her friends sent her texts. Can't believe you would do this, can't believe you would lie about this.
1: Calling we have our all kinds of names all
0: kinds of names we have we have reports all the time through our agency and experiences all through our agency and our work that family members don't believe and and neighbors don't believe and schools don't believe and children don't believe and I mean it's just amazing how rampant it is for us to choose to not believe victims
1: well let's talk about that um, for false reporting it does happen but of how often?
0: Yeah, so uh, I think you said 2% of the time. 2%.
1: Yeah. So that means 98% of people are telling the truth. Right. I don't know about you.
0: That's pretty convincing to me.
1: That's very convincing to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They also
1: said something else in the docuseries, and it was a quote from one of the officers. I imagine you know what I'm going to talk about. Um, They had mentioned to the parents of Denise while she was still missing. Oh, yeah,
0: I actually have that in my notes.
1: Yes, so they had mentioned to her parents that, so Denise had actually been sexually assaulted before, Mm -hmm. and she had been advised by the police not to report it. Yeah. And then the police came back and said, well, a lot of times sexual assault victims will like, like the thrill of reliving their assault. They told that to her parents.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. As a father of two children, have gone through that. I can't imagine.
1: I did some what that
0: research. Like told that.
1: I couldn't find any evidence to back that. No kidding. I know. I'm shocked. <laughs> right. So I couldn't find any evidence to back that. So with that kind of being thrown out there, and the fact that 98% of accusations end up being true, I just don't understand why more wasn't done.
0: Right, and then, and and again, they're not believing. Um, I mean, in this particular case, the, the Huskins case, um, it was amazing how quick the turnaround was to not just believe them, but to do something I thought was like that next level and something we see again, not just in law enforcement, but across, um, all populations and, and, and people it was, they branded them liars on-
1: Called it a hoax. Called
0: it a hoax and, and actually called for that, the expenditure of resources they wasted called for retribution to them and that some justice by holding them accountable to it and we're pursuing charges against them. Wow, so that's... We're talking like not just not believing but going that whole next level of blaming. Now, I couldn't help but think to myself what are the impact? What is the impact of not believing? And what responsibility did law enforcement have there? What responsibility did... Um, there was that news reporter there was all these people involved and um you know i just i think that the press the way they share news around from police departments and then then the messaging from police departments or fire departments or agencies like ours um have um a lot of power over public perception mm-hmm. of things and one thing that i think that they ignored in that um in their detailing of this case and what they ignored uh, As far as the impact on people is that when people aren't believed, just some quick things I found is that it adds to the the initial pain uh, of the initial assault. I mean, it's just compounding it. It's I've already been dealing with this, and in that show you could see that in Denise. I mean, wow! You I mean I don't know if that I don't know if that did that to you, but that's just like made my eyes well up with tears because, like, she she was already going through this. I even felt that for Aaron what, not being believed when he was being interrogated and being um, put on the polygraph. Like, he was telling the truth, which was bad enough to deal with. Then not being believed was just, like, why, right? So it adds to the initial trauma. Entirely different kind of maltreatment. or It's a different kind of hurt. I'm not being believed. So that's a mm-hmm. whole separate kind of hurt. Um, it causes deep psycho- psychological trauma to one's own reality uh, mm-hmm. and sense of safety and security in the world. Like, it, did this happen? And I recall in a part in there, um, and we'll kind of get to this mm-hmm. in a second when that with the uh, introduction introduction of the other law enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. But how she said after talking to her, she was like, "I realized." And she, even when she saw Matthew Mueller being arrested, she said in the document in docu series, "It was real." that's what that not believing it caused her to doubt her own sense of reality what she knew to it have happened to her body um it's paralyzing for victims it causes them to hide other abuses and harms that they experience it damages their trust of other systems which causes them less likely to reach out for help or report other circumstances and it increases their risk for suicidal ideation and self-harm i mean these are just a quick couple things what are we doing right so yeah since i brought it up what was that other law enforcement agency's role in this
1: So, I specifically want to highlight Detective Caruso. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: Misty Caruso, so she was the detective. She it was her first case as a detective. Right. Like, that is a welcome to your first day. Right. It was her first day as a detective, and she pieced things together very quickly. Um, The area that Denise was kidnapped from, there's actually a place or a person that was being referred to as the creeper on the same street yes on the same day. street so matthew Mueller, he was the perpetrator here and he was like a peeping tom so he was mm-hmm. peeping in people's windows um about 20 minutes away he had broken into somebody else's house i believe her name was tracy mm-hmm. and she actually had been a victim of a rape before and same story, people put goggles on her, and she had actually said, I've been raped before, and he was like, I don't want to re-victimize you. Yeah. Which is so interesting. There's so, a whole psychological yes. dive we could take into Matthew Muller and, and what that means. Yeah, and him. then he starts giving her, like, prevention strategies. <laughs> right.
0: You which, should get a dog.
1: Yes. Like, like, you know what yeah, world. giving her prevention strategies. But it was just, how was this detective that was on in a different city – able to find these things that were happening in the same area where Denise was taken.
0: And that they were all already reported to that police department with that jurisdiction. Yeah, it was bizarre.
1: I think ultimately what happened was that she just took the time to do it.
0: Doesn't that... And we'll stop there for a second. Let me just interject. Like, isn't that really, in essence, what everything is about? Like, with our work, uh, our advocate's work, and our legal... It's not that they're doing anything special that anybody else can't do. Mm-hmm. It's that they're they're taking that time to do put in the yeah. to, to put in the work. You gotta put in the work. That's what happens when we're in this field. But anyways, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but something else I also kinda wanted to go back to with the perpetrator. Um, he was an interesting person.
0: <laughs> to say the least. To
1: say the least. So not only and this kind of goes into the idea of the believing victims because not only was this a person that had shown empathy and it appeared to be like genuine empathy towards his victims. Yeah. But when people when people were calling Denise a liar, he submitted stuff to I the press. About that part. Oh my goodness. Saying this is not a hoax. Denise is not a liar.
0: Wow, yeah, I totally forgot about that part that it's literally the perpetrator in this case who was actually the only one Upset. And this is gonna sound really weird, but believing <laughs> Yes. Her story, of course he would believe it. I mean, I mean, yeah. that facetiously... Like, but
1: he seemed so mad that people were not believing her.
0: Yeah, that's pretty messed up when the rapist, the sexual assault um, perpetrator, is angered that other people aren't believing this person's story. I that, That's a dynamic that I think psychologists could explore, and criminologists could explore for decades. Well,
1: and he had previously been a lawyer in cases for women that had been sexually assaulted. Yeah. So, like, he had this education, and I know we've had the conversation before, like, what comes first, but was he always like this, and then started working with them, um, people that had been assaulted, did survivors? Did he know
0: that because of his work, working with that population, did he know the believability rate, and how many people don't believe victims, so therefore he felt... Like, these are things he could get away with?
1: Yes. I don't know. There's so, so much to interesting. explore. But he had been disbarred before that happened. Yeah, yeah. I know. I had made the comment the other day at lunch. It was like, he said something about Harvard. And I was like, you know who else was a Harvard grad? Matthew Mueller. And he was a terrible person. Right. So I said, I went to Miami University, which isn't an Ivy League, but I'm not out here doing bad things to people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, then, so, like, I mean... We have this. Um, what you said. What was her name? The other uh, detective. Um,
1: detective Caruso. De-
0: de- Mist- detective Caruso. Yeah,
1: Misty. Misty.
0: Misty. Misty. You have her believing a victim. So we've talked a little bit about some of the impacts of not believing a victim. What What's the relevance to to believing a victim then? If we If we look at the other end of it, like why is that important?
1: First of all, it takes very little to offer support to somebody, even if you don't fully believe their story. Again, back to the... That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. back to the, you just have to take the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Whether you believe them fully or not, these people are obviously upset. Obviously, something happened. It's not really up to if you believe them or not. Somebody in front of you is upset. So just offer them some support. It can go a long way.
0: Absolutely. And and there isn't, like in this case, there was evidence. This case is a, there was a kind of a poor example for a, what I was about to bring up. But oftentimes there isn't evidence. Oftentimes we have those barriers. In this case there was lots of evidence. But in many cases there isn't. I guess I guess my attitude is, you know, I ask that to you because I think it's interesting that we live in a society where we believe that we are innocent until proven guilty. And yet I find my work with victims and victimization is that oftentimes we are guilty of lying until we're proven that it, we're being truthful. Yeah. And I just think that that's really problematic. I think that, I think as a society, culturally for us uh, to, to be um, communities, you know, to be, to be people who feel safe in communities, to be, feel safe in reporting, to feel, um, you know, just, I don't know, I guess just our psychology of who we are as humans, we should always be believed when reporting needing help. For whatever that is, a, a car break-in, a home break-in, whatever it is, if I'm reporting needing help, that's what I'm asking for. So a little sense of empathy, compassion for what I feel like I'm experiencing. Whether or not there's truth down the road or evidence to support it down the road or whatever. When somebody's reporting, I just think it's so simple to first offer that, believe you, I believe you, I support you.
1: Yeah. So. I think something that this docu-series really made me appreciate was that we have our hospital response team for people that have been sexually assaulted in Warren County. Um, I knew that obviously, so they mentioned the word SART, Mm -hmm. and I think they only said what it stood for once, but we know that it's it's sexual assault response team. And I think we're just so lucky in Warren County to, you know, have the resources to be able to help people that come into hospitals and say that they've been sexually assaulted, have somebody with them, an advocate.
0: It's yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because I was thinking too. In this, um, Denise and Aaron, uh, her boyfriend Aaron, both had amazing. It appeared at least from the amazing, amazing representation. Yeah. Um, I just think it just adds to how critical it is if you're going through something, or as agents of, um, you know, services and um, advocacy. It's how I mean. It just really demonstrates how critical advocacy. Yeah. And support is for those people because we know the reality of the world is is that the denise huskins and the aaron quins they're not going to be believed uh, oftentimes um so it just makes our task that much more critical to make sure that they're heard so.
1: yeah for all of our listeners this is your reminder that if you yourself have been a survivor or a victim of sexual assault or rape you do not have to go through it alone
0: absolutely and and getting along or getting agencies like us um on your side and in your corner, we believe you. We will always believe you. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I hope uh, if you if you haven't watched American Nightmare, do so. I actually think this is one of those things that everybody should watch I to agree. be to raise awareness around
1: sure. reporting
0: sure. abuse and sexual assault. So, um, watch it if you haven't. If you have, um, uh, you know, engage your friends and family in these conversations because I think they're important to have um, and take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah.